0: Welcome to the Two Boomer Women podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. What is the fastest growing sport in North America? What became the sport of choice for many people over 50 and then became a popular sport amongst all generations? My guest today can probably answer those questions without having to think it over. Lynn Cherry, your answer, please.
1: Wow. First of all, I have to remember all the questions, but... uh... You know, it's pretty amazing uh pickleball really became popular especially during the pandemic despite the fact that the sport was around for over 50 years it was invented in 1965 but during especially the early portion of the pandemic people found that they could, you know, buy a net and uh play in their driveway or on the street or you know just somewhere at home and it was a great thing to do with the family so Whereas I think really before the pandemic, pickleball, you know, most of the people who played were over 50. I'm certainly in that age group. I started playing when I was about 55. And then, um, you know, with the pandemic, people were just looking for something to do at home to have fun as a as a family. And that's really when the sport absolutely came to the forefront and and really blew up in terms of its popularity
0: good. Yeah. Um, I want to get into pickleball as we go along, obviously. But let me ask you a few more questions. First, if I may, who is Lynn Cherry? And how did she become to be talking to us today about pickleball?
1: You know, it's funny, I had not heard of pickleball. But in 2018, I actually moved from Texas to Connecticut. And I was wondering what the heck was I going to do during the cold winter months since i wasn't going to you know ski or do anything outdoor in the in the cold in the snow i happened to look at the local recreation center and i saw they had something called pickleball and i'm like well let me let me put that into youtube and see what it is and i was like you know i i think that would be great i had a racket sport background i played um open level racquetball and i thought you know it looks like a lot of fun and um uh, I had also previously um, torn one of my knee ligaments, and I did not have it surgically repaired, so I I had not been doing any court sports for probably about five, six, seven years, and I looked at pickleball as a game, and I'm like, you know, the court's pretty small, and a lot of it is played up near the kitchen line, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. And I'm like, you know, I, I think I can do it. So that's actually how I got introduced to the to the game, and uh, you know, really have just become a fanatic about it. Having uh, started a podcast and a magazine on the on the sport.
0: Holy crow! Okay, well, I, I opened this by asking you, you know, what became the sport of choice? Uh, it's popular amongst all generations. Now I'm going to ask you why? Why has pickleball grown so fast and so furiously of late?
1: There's a number of different reasons for that. And I think one of them is it's very, very easy to learn. Pickleball is something that, you know, if you have ever played tennis, it's hard to hit the ball over the net and into the court. Whereas with pickleball, it's played with a paddle and a wiffle ball. So pretty much anybody of any age can hit the ball over the net and enjoy themselves the first time out, even if they have absolutely no background in sports. So that's definitely a key reason. I think another key reason is that the game is very social. And you'll you'll hear that and see that anytime you go to a pickleball court, there's a lot of laughter and, you know, fun. And we all tap paddles at the end of each game. And the other thing I think that lends itself to pickleball being very social is that it's played on a a small court, so it's played on a court about twenty feet by forty feet, and actually forty-four feet, but um, you know, much smaller than a tennis court. And so, it kind of provides a lot of intimacy more so than a tennis court w- would, where you're standing really quite far from each other. So, I, I think those are two reasons, and probably the third, I would throw in there is that you can actually get a very good workout playing the sport and people who, who do it, they don't typically just play once a week. They play, you know, five or six times a week, assuming that they have that amount of time that they can devote. And so again, it, it really does give you a great workout. And and so it really ticks all the boxes in terms of being social physical, and uh, easy to learn.
0: Hmm, Okay. (laughs) As you keep on talking, my curiosity gets more and more piqued. Maybe I might have to try this. Now, it it does resemble tennis. I mean, I've seen people playing pickleball. You said it's a smaller court, but do you still play either singles or doubles and that sort of thing?
1: I would say most people who play pickleball actually do play doubles, um, probably upwards of 90%. And I think historically that had really happened because, you know, a lot of people who are playing are, you know, over 50, 55, you know, I I play with people who are 75 and 80 years old. So you just really do not have as much ability to cover the court. But then again, it also, I think having the four people on the court makes it a much more social experience than just having two people on the court. So people definitely do play singles And I would say, I would equate pickleball singles is much more similar to tennis than pickleball doubles, interestingly enough. A lot of people do say if they play singles and pickleball, it's kind of like playing mini tennis. But once you get get to doubles, there's a lot more strategy involved because you have more people on the court and it's a small court. So there's a lot of thinking and kind of chess moves going on in a doubles game for pickleball.
0: Hmm, okay, I don't want to get ahead of us. But let's start at the beginning. How did the game get its name?
1: You know, there's a couple different stories in terms of how the game got its name, and I know it is kind of unusual, but uh, I, I think really kind of the the folklore story is that the families that invented the game. They actually had a dog who, when they were playing, would go ahead and, you know, grab the ball, steal it and run away. And the dog's name was actually Pickles. So that's really how the sport got its funny name. And, you know, in terms of the name, I've had people like on um my, my podcast, the Pickleball Fire podcast, say, yeah, you know, I didn't even want to try the the sport. Because it had such a funny name. And I think there was a real stigma to it. I think that's definitely lessening. And now most people who play or even hear about it don't really, you know, they're willing to play the game despite its funny name.
0: Well, I guess when you think of a lot of sports out there, they've got some funny names. <laughs> so now you had mentioned that it's been around for. 40 years, 50 years, I think it was, was it back in the 60s that it was invented?
1: It was. It was actually invented in 1965 on Bainbridge Island in Washington. So it has been around a very, very long time.
0: So what triggered its sudden popularity in the 2000s? Because I know it was starting to gain before before COVID came along.
1: It did. And I, I think what happened is that there's really some, especially even four years ago, there were some hotbeds of activity in terms of the amount of pickleball being played and certainly in Arizona and in Florida and to some extent, of course, in Washington where the game was invented, you had pockets of, you know, many, many people who were playing, you know, back in, you know, early, the early two thousands. And I think what happened is, is that, you know, it was interesting because I didn't hear about the game until I got to Connecticut But if you think about it, if you live in Connecticut, there's a lot of snowbirds who go down to Florida or Arizona for the winter. And so the game already here, even four years ago, the game in Connecticut was very popular because you had all those people who go back and forth between Connecticut and Florida. And I think that's probably why I had not heard of the sport, even though I grew up in Southern California and then I lived in Texas for many years. Is because you know they you didn't have the the snowbirds really going back and forth and bringing the game to other places. So, um, but yeah, it was it was definitely had some popularity in in certain areas of the country around 2000.
0: I know you know where I live here, which is actually not far from Bainbridge Island. I'm just in uh, on Vancouver Island in Canada. There are people playing pickleball all over the place. How do you get involved if you don't know anybody? Um, And what sort of equipment do you need to get started?
1: You know, it's actually very, very easy to get involved with the game. And, um, you know, I think really the first thing to do is just to, you know, Google Pickleball and, you know, wherever your area is, in your case, it would be Vancouver Island. And then you can see the different places where people are playing And the great thing about pickleball is that it's still very open to anybody who wants to play. So, you know, if you play a sport like tennis, people tend to set up matches ahead of time. They have four people show up, whereas pickleball is very different. Typically, most places, most mornings that has pickleball, you can just go and show up. Essentially, you just drop in and whoever happens to be there that day, you know, whether it's five or 30 or 50 people, you know, you have an opportunity to play with a group of people. So even if you're just starting out, typically somebody will, you know, kind of take take you under their wing and uh, teach you how to play the game. And and that's actually what happened to me, because when I um, saw the game at the local recreation center, I just showed up one night. I knew they were playing. I just wanted to see the game in person. And as soon as I kind of stuck my head in the door, they're like, hey, you know, come on in. Do you want to play? And I'm like, oh, no, no, I don't have a paddle. And they're like, oh, that's okay. We've got an extra one. So, you know, as soon as I poked my head in that gym door, there was somebody saying, hey, you know, do you want to play? And, you know, the game is typically most people are are very welcoming and willing to teach you how to play and really to get started. You pretty much just need a a paddle. Like I said, um, obviously, if you get a paddle, (laughs) you probably want to get a a ball. The ball is a plastic ball. It is not exactly a wiffle ball, but it's very close. So just think about a a plastic wiffle ball. And that's kind of the type of ball that's played, although the, the ones that you actually use are a little bit harder than just a regular wiffle ball. But then it's a paddle And, uh, you know, it it does not have, does not have strings like a tennis racket or a racquetball racket, but, um, you know, pretty much that's what you need to get started. And, you know, most places you go, there's going to be either dedicated courts where, you know, they've got, you know, regulation nets, or in some cases there'll be portable nets, which people will set up. And, uh, you know, in, in a pinch, you can even use a tennis net if the uh, courts are actually uh, lined for pickleball.
0: A whole bunch of questions just came into my mind. Now, the first of all, is, is there any, uh, f- for lack of a better word, snobbery because I was thinking of a racket, but you've been calling it a paddle. It doesn't it matter. Like is a racket, one that's strung and a paddle, something that isn't like ping pong. You
1: know, I, you know, if I think about tennis and, and racquetball, uh, you know, those are called rackets, but because of, a pickleball paddle is a, is a solid surface so that there are no strings. I think that's why people, you know, refer to it as a paddle. It's kind of like, you know, if you have like a a paddle and a boat kind of, kind of the same thing, you know, it's, it's solid. And uh, historically the pickleball paddles were made out of wood, but uh, in, in recent years um, they're much more advanced in terms of the technology and they're, they're kind of made out of, composites or carbon fiber. And actually the one I play with now has kind of a graphite surface to it. So, you know, paddles have evolved just like the game has.
0: Okay. I lived in a town a number of years ago where in the gymnasium of the rec center, people were playing pickleball. Can any court be adapted? Like, is it just a matter of, you know, which lines are pickleball lines or is it better to have a dedicated pickleball court?
1: You know certainly the dedicated facilities are nice, but honestly, even when i play um there's a couple spots close to home, you know five minutes away if I'm busy working and I don't have time to go to the uh dedicated courts you know it it works just fine and in some cases yeah it's uh it's in a gym um at my local y m c a the they take the basketball court and they lined it for three pickleball courts. The uh, tennis courts that I play at near the house, they they basically took, uh, I guess it was six, sorry, four tennis courts and lined them for pickleball. Typically, you can put two pickleball courts on each tennis court, although recently here they created a, a dedicated pickleball facility and they put three courts, or excuse me, six pickleball courts on two tennis courts makes it a little bit tighter than you want to in terms of the spacing between the courts and, and really the courts and the fence, more importantly. But uh, yeah, that that can be done too.
0: Mm. Now, now, you said that, you know, you can use a, a tennis net. What's the difference between the two nets?
1: The height's a little bit different. You know, a pickleball net is 34 inches in the middle and then 36 inches on the ends and it that differs kind of a, a little bit from tennis i don't remember the exact height but it's it's the pickleball net is a little bit lower in the in the middle
0: okay got it can't you get a clearer picture here now i asked you whether any court could be adapted I'm going to ask you a question and please don't think I'm being rude or disrespectful. Should any court be adapted? And the reason I ask that I got to jump in here really fast is I'm the early morning Walker who messaged my daughter about a year ago to take a promising house off her viewing list because it backed onto a pickleball court and people were on the court at 6. AM. So is it better to have like a a dedicated park area than just the, Sorry, (laughs) please don't think I'm being rude.
1: Oh, no, not at all. I mean, if I live next to a pickleball court and people were playing at 6 a.m., I probably wouldn't like it either. So I I can totally, totally relate to that. I mean, certainly the ultimate goal is to have, you know, dedicated pickleball courts. But even if you have dedicated courts, if they build them really close to houses, you know, those people may not really appreciate it because just because they're dedicated doesn't mean they're not near houses. In fact, that's probably not going to be the case. But you know I think that's kind of up to every facility to create rules that make sense for the people who live around it and one of the things to consider too is that even even four and five years ago the um the way they constructed the paddles made it the sound very, very loud. Paddles have changed over the last four to five years especially, and you can you can still clearly tell it's a it's a pickleball hitting a paddle, but they are not nearly as loud as they used to be um in, in fact, it used to be a thing in certain areas where the um the sound had to be below a certain decibel, so the paddle that you chose to play with actually had to be the sound when the the ball hit the paddle could not go above x decibels and I, I don't know what the number was but um some some areas uh especially I think down in Florida had that requirement, but I think that's become less and less of an issue just because of the construction of the paddles. And there's, I think there's even paddles now out there specifically which are called quiet paddles. And I've never tried one and I've never seen anybody who's used one, but I know they're out there. So it really, you know, it really wouldn't be, I wouldn't expect to have much more sound than a a tennis ball on a court or a basketball on a court.
0: Okay. Sorry about that. Now you're in Connecticut. I'm in Canada. We both get a winter. Do you find that more and more facilities are building indoor courts?
1: You know, in Connecticut, I don't really think they're building a lot more indoor facilities, but it's amazing how many gyms there are even where I live in the Bristol, Connecticut area, because we play at the Y now. We play at the rec center, at the senior center, at the boys and girls club, and that's kind of always a a good trade off. As typically, boys and girls clubs are utilized after school, whereas people can come in during the day, especially when the you know if you're a senior and you're retired, or even people come on their lunch hour, like I do, and you know come into the boys and girls club, you know, and and otherwise the facility facility wouldn't be utilized. So I think there's really a lot of opportunities. For people to play inside that don't require building a new facility, although that is that is definitely happening all over the country. Just uh, Connecticut tends to be we, we we've got one indoor dedicated uh, location. I'd say about within about thirty minutes from where I live.
0: Okay, I know what I've seen around here is be- because. tennis courts don't seem to get a lot of use, but when tennis players show up, they want to use them. So the courts can be used for pickleball, but on several occasions, I've seen that almost like between the courts, I don't know if like the rec association has done it or whether just private people, uh, pickleball players have done it, but they've created their own smaller pickleball court or courts between the, the tennis court things. Yeah, it's interesting how something's just it's gone so fast with the popularity.
1: Yeah, it has definitely gotten, you know, so incredibly popular. And, you know, I don't think it's such an issue in Connecticut and probably likely not where you are in Vancouver. But I know I was recently interviewed by um, a station, radio station, TV station, actually, down in Southern California in the San Diego area where there was a lot of tension between the pickleball players and the tennis players because the pickleball players wanted to be able to use the tennis courts which obviously were historically used for tennis and so there was a a, a lot of friction but you know my feeling on on that is that you know, even having grown up in Southern California and knowing there's some, there's a limited space, you know, and so it's hard just to go out and build new courts because there's so many people and, you know, everybody's already, you know, in in particular places. But if I think about it, you know, if the tennis courts, you know, if they're open and most of the the tennis courts actually in Southern California have lights too. So even if they're open from 7am to 10pm, I can guarantee that, they're not going to be fully utilized by tennis players for all those hours. And so I, I think especially the pickleball players just need to remember that pickleball players like typically like to play in the morning. And there are so many other hours during the day that I think that, you know, they need to be willing to, you know, play when whenever there's the court time's available.
0: Yeah, it's interesting how people get so Protective, I guess, of their sport. So it's, or especially once it's got a name. This is a tennis court, so uh, you darn pickleball players go somewhere else. It's it's kind of strange that way. Now we talked about North America, Canada, the U.S. Is pickleball primarily a North American phenomenon, or is it getting global?
1: It's really the growth of pickleball over the last few years has really been amazing in terms of the international aspect of the game uh there's people playing pretty much in i think literally in almost 65 different countries and sorry about that my, no. it's my dog
0: <laughs> no. i was gonna say oh good it's not my dog this time <laughs> not but um
1: yeah yeah no worries Uh yeah good uh, anyways um so, yeah, there, there's literally people playing in, in 65 different countries. And, you know, in some cases, you know, the number of people playing is is very small. I happened to interview somebody recently who was the Mexican national champion. And he said there's there's about a thousand players uh down in, in Mexico. I've got a, a friend who's, uh I think, going to Peru soon. And he was uh, trying to get people to donate paddles because the game is just starting to take off there. So there might only be 100 people there. But in places like um, India, England, um, you know, there's significantly more players in, in those countries, certainly than maybe a Peru or a Mexico.
0: You just reminded me of something there where you said, that, like, not a lot of people playing. I know when my son was a teenager, he was a pretty good soccer player. But he decided that there was a lot of good soccer players out there. And, you know, he'd obviously never go anywhere just because the competition, There was just so many people. But for, especially, I guess, a younger person who's looking for a sport they can excel at, you know, if there's not as many people playing pickleball in their country, once they become good, they are the best in the country, at least until, you know, it it does really take off. So really good incentive, perhaps, for younger people to get involved.
1: Oh, yeah, very true. I mean, just the idea to be a national champion in, in any sport is really tremendous. And and if you're in a country where the game isn't that popular yet, then uh, you'll have that opportunity.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. So so there's pro leagues now, too.
1: There is. There is. Interestingly enough, there was uh, two professional pickleball associations that both started early 2020 I think they both got in maybe one maybe two tournaments each and then of course everything shut down here in the in the U.S. with the uh, COVID in, in 2020 so the those pro tours didn't really pick back up until late 2020 when they were able to start having some more events but just even in the um even in the last year you know we've got major superstar athletes like uh LeBron James from the NBA, Tom Brady from the NFL, who are actually now investing in Major League Pickleball teams. And Major League Pickleball actually started, uh, I think it was back in, it was in uh, late uh, late 2021, I believe it was.
0: Okay, so this is a Boomer podcast. Uh, We're talking pickleball because it's a game that uh, boomers can play, older people can play. What is in it for... Uh, really like a professional athlete, like what's the attraction? Is, is there something they can do that is really, I don't know, fast and furious about the game?
1: Oh, yes, there is no doubt that definitely the more skilled that you get, the more athleticism it actually takes to be good at the game. And I remember I had Kyle Yates, who's a pro pickleball player, I think it was in 2016 he kind of said he was one of the first young athletic guys to really get involved in the sport and really make it very competitive and and very athletic and there's been even more people who have come in since then because whereas you know back in 2016 Kyle would have been one of the top players in the world he's not anymore um there's been such an influx of people from tennis uh, who have come into the pro game, you know, people who either played, you know, at on the ATP tour or the lower, lov- lower level level tours or played collegiate tennis. And those are typically the people nowadays who are at the top of the pro game in pickleball because the tennis skills do transfer very well to the game of pickleball.
0: Hmm, okay, that's interesting. W- where I was, I've got some notes here and where I was going to go is just the fact that, I take it it can be a multi-generational game so the whole family can play because you said setting it up in the driveway or on the street or whatever. I guess my question was, the the next question was, you know, is my grandson going to get bored playing with his grandma? But I guess, you know, as long as he plays nice with his grandma, there is another avenue for him to go if he really takes off with pickleball.
1: Yeah, I would absolutely say you know if you've got a a grandson or a granddaughter who's interested in playing pickleball you know absolutely you know get them into the game you know play with them get them started it it because of the way pickleball is played it it's not you don't fully rely on athletic ability that's one of the things that makes the game so interesting is that there is so much strategy it is much more like playing chess than than checkers. Now, there's there's a point when absolutely the athleticism is going to help. But I know I know people who are seventy year olds who are competitive with you know twenty five year olds. So it's you can have a blast at the game, and you you will often see you know I like I'll go down to the local uh, park there and uh, and see actually even eighty year olds competing with twenty five year olds.
0: Can you give me an example of sort of the, the chess move, the chess side of the game?
1: Yeah. You know, it has a lot to do with kind of the the types of shots you hit and kind of the position on the court. There's a couple shots that are, well, especially I would call the Dink D I N K is a shot that's unique to pickleball. And it's, I have to back up and actually explain something about the rules before I can talk to you about that. But, um, so let me do that in pickleball. There is something called the kitchen and the kitchen is an area seven feet from the net on both sides of the court and the the kitchen, you are not allowed to hit a ball in the air. I E you cannot volley the ball. If you are in the kitchen, if you're standing in the kitchen or, If you go into the kitchen after your shot, the reason actually they have that rule in pickleball was because one of the gentlemen who was involved in inventing the game was very tall and they wanted to make sure he did not have an advantage at the net. So they didn't want him to be able to like stand really close to the net like you can in tennis and slam the ball at other people. So that's why they have the kitchen. In pickleball, and if you look at a pickleball court and, and they're you know dedicated courts, you'll actually see the kitchen is colored, it's a different color than the rest of the court. So, within pickleball, one of the things, one of the shots that is popular is the dink, and it's a soft shot which is hit into the kitchen. And so, basically, I'm standing behind the kitchen line because I can't volley in the kitchen and somebody hits me a dink, the ball bounces, and I hit that same little soft shot back to them, so the ball bounces into the kitchen. Now, if you get involved in higher level pickleball, where there is a lot of dinking, it becomes very strategic in trying to move your opponent around the court, so eventually you get them out of position, and then you can hit a hit a winner to end the rally. So that's a, a little bit bit of the idea behind really the game being much more like chess than checkers
0: okay that also explains because I did look at some of your podcast episodes there was somebody talking about in the kitchen sink and I'm going, okay that must tie in somehow but I don't know what it is so thank you I think you've just helped explain that part too is there a senior pro league
1: there is They have a senior pro league for people over 50 and over, and it's very, very popular. And actually, a lot of people really enjoy watching the senior pros because, you know, those are the people that are typically most like pickleball players, of course, traditionally in terms of the age group. And believe me, their their rallies and the athleticism needed to play at that level is uh is really quite amazing and actually I had somebody on the podcast recently who said when you're watching the pros play watch watch the senior pros because if you're a recreational pickleball player regardless of your age your game is going to be much more like those than the top professionals
0: how do you find out about tournaments i mean is it televised yet or any of that sort of stuff
1: yes pickleball tournaments, the professional events are definitely televised. They can be seen typically on ESPN, on CBS Sports Network. And about two months ago, Pickleball had its first on-air broadcast on CBS, the actual network, as opposed to CBS, the sports network. So it has gained tremendously in popularity. And uh, it, it can definitely be seen on uh, TV. And also, if you get the tennis channel, it's on the tennis channel now.
0: Oh, okay. That's interesting. I don't have a TV, so I, I sort of don't have a clue what's out there. That's great. Hmm. What What else do boomers need to know to get involved? Now, actually, let, let me backtrack for a second. You said you started with a knee issue. I have a knee issue. I couldn't dream of playing tennis. Talk to me about that, like with some of the minor aches and pains that we get as we get older or knee injuries, that sort of thing. Is it just because pickleball can be a fairly gentle strategic game as opposed to slam out pro pickleball?
1: Yeah, you know, I think there's a couple of reasons, you know, in terms of the equipment, you've got a, a, a wiffle ball, essentially, that you're hitting. It's it's light. The paddle's light. Most paddles weigh about eight ounces. And so that also helps you, you know, a lot of people will come from tennis and they'll be like, oh yeah, I had tennis elbow. So I started playing pickleball because it's, you, you can still get tennis elbow, but generally most people do not. If, if somebody gets tennis elbow, it's actually a lot of times it's just because they happen to play, play so much because it does tend to be addictive. I think in a positive way, not necessarily in a, in a negative way, but um, you, you know, people will get some can get some aches and pains. And I think a lot of that is actually because they like the game so much, they play so much, and they get sore because they play so much. Um, so it's it's kind of unusual. Most activities that are fitness related, most people don't have that problem. But because pickleball is uh, so really so so fun, people, you know, play it and play it and play it.
0: Well, and I think any any overused stories or, you know, you're starting something new, then yeah, I certainly understand you're going to have a few aches and pains, quite likely to begin, especially. But but how about you with your knee injury, me with my knee injury, having never played pickleball, you can go in there and play to, to the ability based on your injury. Um, and then, you know, maybe as you got stronger and better, more strategic, it becomes a much more exciting game. Is that, am I on the right track there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I had uh, somebody on the podcast, her her name was Christy McDonald, and uh, she was somebody who had fallen off a a ladder to, you know, from the second story a couple of years ago. And she had two really bad knees and she had had spent a long time in a wheelchair and she happened to find pickleball because she kind of, she kind of did the same thing that I did. She looked at it and she's like, you know, "I, I think I can do that and even now you know she's still somewhat limited in her mobility probably certainly more than i am and it it's really interesting because so much of her game is really about anticipation and understanding you know where somebody's going to hit that shot so she almost is in position before somebody hits the shot so uh, again you know you'll you'll see people on the court who it's amazing. It really doesn't look like they're moving much and it could be because they've got some, some injury, but it's because they've kind of learned how to play the game, be successful at it, even if they even if their movement is, is limited. And I know that's true of myself because one of the things that I have difficulty doing is, you know, if somebody hits like a, a ball that's high and it's going over my head you know, with my knee, that's one place where I'm really careful if if I back up, but I've really learned how to anticipate that shot and start moving early. And, you know, I'm moving a lot slower than I would have if I didn't have my knee issue. But because I see it early, I'm able to cover that shot and, you know, still be competitive when I play.
0: I, I do a lot of work with frail elderly and dementia clients and things like that. And I'm just thinking, holy crow, like if if you can play a super strategic game. You should almost get older people playing it, even at a less athletic level, uh, just so that brain keeps on thinking, you know, like, where can I play this? Or, you know, what should I do next? Or what's this person lining up to do? You know, just uh, another way to, to stimulate the brain. That's great. What haven't I asked you that you would say to a boomer, 55, 60, 65, to talk them into trying pickleball?
1: I would definitely say just you know get out there and and try it. One of the things that I have on my the pickleballfire.com website is uh, you can look for places to play you can look for instructors you know because I, I do I knew, know sometimes if there's not that much information on the internet, a lot of times I will suggest to reach out to an instructor in your area and in this case you can go to pickleballfire.com forward slash instructors. Type in your zip code and you should be able to find an instructor near you because typically the instructors have really kind of their, their uh, they know what's going on in the local area and can direct you to drop and play or, you know, clinics and lessons if that's the route that you want to go.
0: Okay. That sounds really interesting. Um, and that's just in the U.S. though, right? Because you said zip code.
1: I'm trying to. I There might be some uh, Canadian postal codes in there. (laughs) I'm uh, just curious. I mean,
0: people around here could probably, or up here, could probably phone their local rec association or a local college, university, something like that, and uh, just start making inquiries. Or I guess all you need to do is go to a pickleball court by the sounds of it and ask questions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. People are normally very willing to answer them.
0: Okay. I was going to ask where people learn more, but you could almost just Find out. Well, mind you, I guess the instructors on your website would be people that you contact, right? So it's not like there's a book of rules or something like that. Or do you have that on your website? Actually,
1: I don't know that I have a book of rules on the on the website. But if you just type in pickleball rules, I'm sure you will find uh, numerous resources for that.
0: Okay, you've mentioned the podcast. I've mentioned your podcast. And I mentioned my grandson earlier, Uh, he does enjoy pickleball, he does play, uh, and a boy can't have, well, I guess a young person can't have too many heroes. Your podcast looks like you have some pretty incredible high-level people on it. Tell us about your podcast.
1: Yes, I started the podcast in October of 2020. It was definitely one of those things that (laughs) came out of uh, being very bored during the pandemic, and I was wondering what I was going to do during the winter. And uh, so I ha- happen to have a journalism background. So I thought, you know what, I've got the Pickleball Fire website. It's kind of just a hobby site, but let me start a podcast. And, you know, I, w- I was really lucky because when I started, you know, many, many of the professional players were definitely willing to come on the podcast. And, uh, you know, their their time commitments, they're so much busier now than than they used to be. I still do, do get some of the the pros on. Uh, have had many, many senior pros on. They typically have very good tips in terms of instruction, but they also usually have very interesting stories because, it, it, you know, they've gotten to that age where they, there's a a lot that's gone on in their lives. And, and so it's actually pretty, pretty interesting discussions. But yeah, every, um, every week I, I put out a different podcast and uh, I would say you know, many, many of them are provide great tips and instruction, regardless of what level player you are.
0: Mm. Well, just before we came on here, I actually messaged my son-in-law. And I said, have you ever heard of the Pickleball Fire podcast? And he went, Oh, no. (laughs) I said, well, you have now. (laughs) So you might well have a couple more listeners with my son-in-law and my grandson. That's great. So, So where do people find the podcast? What's your uh, www?
1: Yeah, just go to pickleballfire dot com forward slash podcast, and there's almost two hundred episodes now. So there's wow. a lot to listen to. Something for everybody.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So and it, you've done two hundred episodes since in two years. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. When I started out, I was doing two episodes a week, and I think probably about six months ago. I'm now just doing one episode a week because I also do put out the Pickleball Fire magazine. And uh, so that that takes up a fair amount of time.
0: And sorry, you're just shocking me here. Not shocking, but I'm amazed. When did you move to Connecticut?
1: I moved to Connecticut in April of 2018.
0: Holy crikey. So you've really gotten serious about this whole pickleball thing in a very short amount of time.
1: Yeah, you know, it definitely has been a, a whirlwind ever since I started playing the game and, and definitely since I started the podcast. Um, interestingly enough, I was even interviewed by um, CBS Saturday Morning, and actually the segment came out on um, last Sunday. Not sure when you're going to air this. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, it's amazing. Pickleball, you see it nowadays everywhere in the media.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. And good for you. Wow, I'm really impressed. <laughs> okay, so pickleballfire.com? That's right. Good. Uh, links are always in the show notes. Anything else for the Boomer audience?
1: Yeah, just just get out there and, and do it. I know you will not regret playing. I can't think of anybody that has ever tried the game and said, oh, I don't like it. Just about everybody who plays the game starts playing the game, you know, continues to do it and enjoy it so just get on out there
0: that's really good to know because some of the things you were saying like relating it to tennis and things like that and I went I remember playing tennis I remember hating that part of tennis (laughs) you know so so maybe I will get out there and try pickleball myself that's great
1: well good you should especially since you have family members playing
0: yeah yeah that's great thank you listeners if you have comments on today's show, please talk to us. If you're listening at 2 scroll to the bottom of the page and leave comments there. We can be found Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, iHeart, most places a person would listen to podcasts. Leave, uh, feel free to leave comments there. And please leave stars and reviews. They help us grow. Before you go, hit the subscribe or follow button and you'll be notified about future interviews with more of my great guests. Share this episode with someone who has either been I don't know pickleball curious is that a term Uh, or you know just drag them out and say let's give this a try even bad knees and all that's great if you want to be a guest on the podcast or know someone who would be a great guest there's an application form at the website or if you want to hear wisdom on a specific subject message me at twoboomerwomen.com Lynn Cherry, thank you so much for being my guest on Two Boomer Women today for teaching us about pickleball, getting us all enthused. And yeah, I think you've probably piqued some interest out there. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. It was fun to be on.
0: Thank you. Have a great rest of the week.